0: Hello everybody, it is Hoshana Rabbah, the seventh day of Sukkot, And even though many of us are busy preparing for Shemini I think it's important to think of this day as a standalone important day, as it obviously is referred to as Hoshana Rabbah with our extended davening. But what this broadcast is about is about the seventh guest, the one who is actually named, one of the two who are actually named as the Ushpizen, David HaMelech. David, Malka, King David. King David is the seventh guest, and he is represented on Hashan in many ways, and he has the trait that is most obviously associated with any one of the seven guests, and that is referred to in the language of Kabbalah as Malchus. Malchus means being a king. Sovereignty. Now, not all of us can be king even though all of us should be king in one way or another. I spoke about this on Rosh Hashanah, or actually the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah, Parshas Nitzavim, the idea that all of us are monarchs, are sovereign in uh, each in his own, her own way. However, David Melech does not represent just the natural sovereignty that everybody possesses, but he was obviously the king of everyone. Me- David, Melech Yisrael. So what is it that David represents? What's that quality that somehow fulfills the teshuva of Yom Kippur? So there are many ways to explain what it means to be sovereign, what it means to have a kingdom. However, I think the most important way for our purposes right now that I would like to share with you is the idea that a melech is someone who combines everyone in the nation and makes the country happen. And this applies whether there is a monarchy or whether there is a republic or whatever form of government you want to describe. If there is a country and that country has a government, which I'm just calling melech right now, that means that the melech is the personification of the entire nation. Meaning both those who like the king, those who do not like the king, everyone is part of that system. The king and the kingdom emerges from the people. So if you have a king who has been overthrown, he might be very wealthy. He might be a billionaire. He might have his own island and everything that he owns. But if he is not actually king of the people, then he's just a rich guy. He's not the actual king. So what is it that that means for us, meaning outside of political theory? What does that mean? So what Melech is, there is a phrase that the Zohar uses to describe a king, or uh, the, the, the position of king, and that's describing David HaMelech, Less Megarme klum," which means he has nothing of his own. Meaning, if a king is independently wealthy, then that has no bearing on the fact that he is a king. But if a king has his royal palace, and he has his chauffeur, and he has all the gold that's in the national treasury, then none of that is actually his, it all belongs to the nation. Even though he might have the freedom, and even though it might be an absolute monarchy, and he can use all the money as he wishes. But that's only while he's king. The king puts all of the other pieces together, and makes it work. What that means in avodas HaShem, is that a person, when you choose to act, you put all of the other Midos together, and then you act you do something. And if you don't do anything, then you're not actually king. There's a story that was told, by, I think it's by some Hasidic Rebbes, back in the early 1800s when Napoleon was emperor of France. I don't know why they choose why they chose to respect Napoleon, but the story goes like this: that they say that Napoleon did not like to sleep. Meaning he tried to sleep as little as he could. And somebody asked him, why he tried to adopt such a schedule where he slept at a sheer minimum and he said because when i am asleep i am not the emperor meaning he felt he had to act and the mid of malchus means that we need to act and make things happen it's all good to talk and it's all good to think about brilliant ideas but if you don't actually put them into practice then what have you actually done What's referred to the language Lubavitcher Rebbe would love to use is that something had to happen, be poel mamish. In actuality, literally. That's what a king is. So, uh, to quote someone else, Seth Godin, who is a well known thinker who I believe is Jewish, and he has a website where he comes up with some very smart aphorisms. He's a very smart fellow. I think his website is sethgodin.com. Seth Godin once said about artists, you hear very much about how artists are true to their art, and that's why they don't want to listen to the commercialization of their art. But Godin says, artists ship. And what does that mean that artists ship, as in shipping? They ship out their art to others. It means that it's no good to be an artist if you've never sold a painting. You actually have to produce the art and sell it and give it to others. So he has books and he has journals, uh, this Godin, devoted to this idea that artists have to ship it. And he has his book called Ship It, which means things actually have to happen. Are they perfect? No, they're not perfect. But it has to happen. This is the Mida of Malchus. You had hundreds of years of judges ruling the nation. But for Klal to actually come together... You need a king to put all of the parts together, with false and all. And that's the difference between King David and King Saul, Shol HaMelech, which is that Shaul's ideal was somehow had to represent purity. Things had to be perfect, and if they were not perfect, then he couldn't function. David HaMelech had imperfections. They were part of his tzidkus, to be his righteousness, to be imperfect in those ways and to do tshuva. As long as you ship it out, this was the gift that David HaMelech gave us. So that the tshuva that is represented by David HaMelech on the seventh day of Sukkot is to actually put things in practice. They might be broken, there might be typos, but you just get it out there. I have a book at home that a rabbi wrote. It's a brilliant book published maybe 10 years ago, and there were so many typos, there were hundreds of typos in it, I lost count. And it was very frustrating, and I wish that this rabbi had had a better editor. He self-published this book, but he put it out, and my guess is that the reason why he published it, it was in English, is because he felt it was now or never. So he put the book out there, and it was a real gift to, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people, myself included, who read it. This is what we need to do in the coming year. You know what chuva means? It means doing things. And do those things have to be perfect? Sometimes you get some egg on your face if there's a, a typo in an email you sent out. Or somehow, uh, you know, you flub a word or a sentence. But you need to get things out there. There's no better chuva than doing it. Wish you all a good yontif.